Hi, I'm Kate Lebron, and I'm here with Jackie Hedeman for our podcast, The Cold Take. On The Cold Take, we write letter essays to each other, then we read them, then we talk about them, and this week, we're talking about teachers. Yeah, we are. Um, What prompted this topic? What prompted this topic? Well, let's see. We had run out of topics that we were interested in. Then you texted me a list of topics that could work. Um, They were all great. And I was like, let's do teachers because my baby brother graduated from high school two days ago now, two days ago. Oh, my God. When we started this podcast, was he just starting high school? Yes. Oh. It's upsetting. That is so cute. Oh, no. Now he's going to go to college in the fall. Wow. Actually, before the fall, I think he has to be out there in like early or like mid-August. Oh, man. Congratulations to Ben. Go, Ben. He was very cute. So, topic-wise, I have a slight confession to make, which is there is this YouTube series called Uh, hosted by two drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, Trixie and Katya. And they have random topics. They started after us. They have random topics every time they have a show. And sometimes when I can't think of what our next topic should be, I go on their list of topics that they've done in the past and just take some. (laughs) I love that. I hope that if they know that we exist, that they do the same to us. Seems I certainly hope so. Yes. But they should. I would actually love to see them discuss Taken and The Wire. (laughs) Or Avocado Toast. Yes. Oh, my God. Actually, that would be great. So yeah, teachers, uh, shout out to, uh, (laughs) how do you spell that? I think it's, I think it's like U N H H H H. (laughs) Sorry. That was like my most like trolly question of the week. (laughs) It's spelled, uh, what don't you understand? (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is fun. That's funny because I feel like sometimes if I'm like trying to come up with topics, I'll just like look around the room and be like what's nearby yeah so expect to get a text that's like fanny packs (laughs) band-aids necklaces this is that why stripes happened (laughs) i don't remember how we ended up with stripes that That was genius that was totally you i mean it was great (laughs) what's wrong with me I think it was like, if I'm trying to piece back our logic, I was like, what about like a concept? And you were like, stripes. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of conceptual. But I didn't think I realized how conceptual it was until we we started talking about it. Well, your stripes letter was like so beautiful. So we did the thing. Um, Do you want to read your letter? Oh, yes. Let me pull it back up. Why did I exit it? I uh, did the same. Okay. okay. Let's see. Also, I'm sorry. There's like a spoiler in here. Um, okay. Dear Jackie, ugh, I accidentally saw in the email preview for your letter that you're talking about your favorite teachers. Sorry, this is a spoiler. <laughs> That's because you're a very nice person. As an occasional contrarian, I'm really tempted to just go down through the list of my least favorite teachers instead, like my emotionally manipulative fifth grade teacher who would throw assignments that he thought were bad in the trash can in front of the whole class and then make students come up and pick up our offending work from the trash. (laughs) Or my very racist fourth grade teacher who was uh, very racist towards students of color. We could keep going like this with the least favorite teachers list, but I'll cap it there. 
I'll say, though, that what I learned from bad teachers is that it's very possible for a bad teacher to ruin a lot. A year, a particular school subject, our confidence, our relationships to success and to failure. In my particular social and social media echo chamber, I've heard a fair amount of stories that fall into the opposite category. Stories about how an especially good teacher was able to get a student interested in or excited about a subject, or about how a teacher gave someone confidence and self-worth, or how a teacher inspired someone to later become a teacher themselves. In that echo chamber, there are a lot of privileged white people who didn't have to go through discrimination or microaggressions from teachers in school who maybe had teachers who didn't like them that much or didn't encourage them that much, but didn't necessarily destroy something for them either or make them feel viscerally unwelcome in the classroom. So I guess I want to highlight that because I worry that we are often unaware of the potential consequences of quote unquote bad teaching or what being a bad teacher could mean. Yes, there are bad teachers who don't know their subject matter well or who show up unprepared or who are disorganized or unresponsive. There are also bad teachers who bring racism, misogyny, ableism, and other discrimination into the classroom. If we later look around the halls of academia and wonder why it's so white, male, and non-disabled, my suspicion is that it starts with the teachers and school administrators who made marginalized people feel like academia was not a space they could succeed in. I do also want to shout out some of the good teachers I've had, since in my heart I'm always striving to be a good and Jackie-esque human being. <laughs> Here are some faves. Uh, one, the middle school teacher who recognized that one of my true joys was spelling. Yes, I was sort of a sad child. Why do you ask? <laughs> and who let me come and practice for the state spelling bee in her classroom before school. Two, a college professor who noticed that the men in class were talking over the women. So she brought a small squishy toy to class and said, since people were behaving like children, that only the person holding the toy could speak and nobody else was allowed to interrupt. Three, the college professor who was deaf and who was a mentor to me both in academics and disability. She would also intentionally mispronounce words to see if anyone would correct her. She'd get this great look on her face when she did it. Incredible. 10 out of 10. And four, the high school art teacher who basically let us do whatever we wanted as long as it was in sincere pursuit of becoming a better artist slash human, including letting me hang a giant canvas curtain up on the wall of his classroom so I could paint on it. They did all do that magic teacher thing where they got me interested in or excited about different subjects or ideas or my own capacity for success, which is great. If you're a student right now and you're listening, I really hope that you have teachers like that. And if you're a teacher, I hope that you can provide that kind of encouragement and support for every single one of your students. They deserve it. Love, Kate. Oh, I love this. I just, this, uh, this discussion of bad teachers is like making me think about I don't know. It's it's that thing of like one person's experience of a person might not be another person's experience of a person. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like I wonder I'm sure like some teachers that I had that I regard as good teachers like others might not. And I don't have like particular reasons in mind, but um yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I felt like when I was making like my little quick list of fave teachers, there were some that I actually omitted because of that, where I was like, uh -huh. I know that like, I really got along with this person, but they made someone else uncomfortable. And so like, are they a good teacher? Mm. Totally. And I actually, yeah, I omitted yeah. someone from my list when we get there for that reason, too. Because like, I really loved this teacher. Like, and then later I found out that this teacher was a homophobe. <laughs> oh, no. And like, it did not come up in class to his credit because there were openly gay kids in the class but like 
it came up with his colleagues, apparently. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even like, even the teachers that I did list, I mean, probably there are people who are like, that's my least favorite teacher. That person yeah. ruined my whatever. But Right. Yeah, no, I mean, gosh, it's, and that's such a good point too, that like, even if maybe some people are good with students, maybe they're not nice to their colleagues or, you know. Yeah. They like, well, that's so interesting yeah. too, is like, what are you, I mean, especially like the higher up you go in academia, like, what is it that you're good at? Like, mm-hmm. Are you a good colleague? Are you good at service? Are you a good teacher in the classroom? Are you a good researcher? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And, and like, when we were going through our teacher training, as it was, uh, <laughs> so to speak, like there were some people who I would bet their students, like, loved them, right? Like, who we were in teacher training with, and their students were probably like, oh, this person's amazing. Like, they're so nice, blah, blah, blah. But they were so... Some of them were so like condescending or unwelcoming to those of us who have less teaching experience that it's like, yeah. okay, like how good of a right. teacher are you actually if you can't help other people come up with you? Yeah. Yeah. Because that too is certainly teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny. This attitude I like responded with, I don't actually have a particular person in mind. It's just kind of like an amorphous blob of people who sat in the middle of that classroom. <laughs> it's funny. I'm envisioning very particular faces. So this is how <laughs> different is I'm happy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, also like... It is interesting to think about, like, how the experience of a bad teacher impacts more than just, like, the class that you're in. Especially since we have this, like, thing of this thing of academia, whatever. Like, it's a it's a uh, sequential thing. So it's like, cool, you don't like math because this teacher ruined math for you. So as a result you're not good at that particular brand of math and then you move on to the next math and you're behind people and then you're like I really hate math etc yeah I actually I had a math teacher who was a woman but who she was older and she was legitimately of the opinion that most women were not good at math and that she was the exception and one by one uh most of the women in that math class dropped it until there were only three of us and we did not have a good time the three of us that is so, what the fuck? That's so like, no offense to the 60s. That's so 60s. No, it's like, it, and I think it's- Or like, no, sorry, full offense to the 60s. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I feel like it's that thing of people who like, you know, and we talk about this with women especially, but like women who succeed but don't want to like help other women or yes. are sort of like, oh, I'm the one who's really good at this and it's hard to be as special as me. It's like, okay, who, who does that serve? Right. Yeah. Who is this for? Literally, who are you? What? What do you again? What are you doing? (laughs) What are we doing here? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's interesting. I think like, I don't know, thinking back, the teachers that I did not like. It wasn't really until college that I was able to like pinpoint the bad choices they were making. Mm -hmm. Like until then I was very like, I guess I just don't like this person for my own reasons. Like 
it must be because I'm not like getting it or like they don't like me for like a legitimate reason. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean teachers are so in control in the classroom, yeah. especially when you're a kid. Yeah. That it's sort of like, oh, I must be like failing to adapt to their style or like failing to understand what they want. Or I mean, with that fifth grade teacher who would throw away our work, I just was kind of like, oh, he has really high standards and I'm not meeting them. Totally. But also, like, I remember he just, he made me feel horrible. Like, I felt really upset having to go to class with him. And now looking back, I'm like, putting students' work in the trash can is, like, not okay. Never do that. No. No. Like, yeah, that's so, I am so not about the, like, public shaming thing. Or, like, shaming at all. Shaming doesn't have a place in class. But, um... It makes me think of when you were in France, did the teacher or principal read your report card out loud? Oh, I don't remember, but I think maybe yes. <laughs> that sounds familiar, but maybe I, like something I blocked out. Right? Because, yeah, the, so when we got report cards, the principal came classroom to classroom and just read everyone's report card out loud, or at least like the greatest hits of it. And uh, I just, I kind of was like, I don't think this was just this woman because nothing about French elementary school is unique. It's like the same across the board. So <laughs> I would be surprised if that didn't happen for you as well. Oh, that's so funny. Cause I feel like in America, it's like, this is a private document. Like, right, right. It's like, this is between me, you, your parents, the other teachers in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> and like any higher power you might believe in. Exactly. God and Liam Neeson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's that's so funny. I feel like uh, it's it's interesting too. I always get sort of like uncomfortable when there's some sort of like event where someone's GPA is like read publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, this this student had the highest GPA and it was like a four point whatever, and it's like, oh, okay, are we doing that? Like, that yeah, seems like private info. Yeah, I feel like stuff like that. I think like. I love an awards ceremony, but I say this consciously as someone who, like, got awards. Um, <laughs> so I feel like, and awards, awards are, like, cool. This is, like, an add-on. It's, like, a bonus. It's, like, above and beyond. Like, GPA or, like, perfect attendance, it's, like, there are so many factors that could prevent someone from getting that that are, like, perfectly legitimate and not, I don't know, it doesn't seem like a virtue to have, like, perfect attendance. <laughs> no, and especially, I mean, you would hope that, like, the pandemic would really shift that for everyone. Yeah, yeah. As, like, an expectation. Yeah. And yet, will it? Who could say? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, like, I, last weekend, I was in Colorado and before I like went into the woods, I met up with my friend I was traveling with and we went to have beers at an outdoor portion of a brewery. And like, I was so shocked by how back to normal everything was. <laughs> and I was kind of like, huh. I mean, I can't pinpoint any specific lessons that I expect this particular brewery to have learned in the meantime. Like maybe it's totally fine and normal to just like go straight back. But it did sort of make me think of stuff like that, like perfect attendance, where it's like, are we are we going to learn anything or in our like 
eagerness and glee to like immediately make ourselves forget all the like pain and grief are we just gonna like barrel straight back into like the bad old ways (laughs) i don't know it's very uh concerning (laughs) especially (laughs) you know i think from like the disability perspective of like there was so much more accessibility in a lot of ways over the past like year and a half and then it's sort of like do can we like can we keep that clearly it's possible like totally (laughs) and then on the flip side there's kind of like the weirdness of like accessibility solving problems we didn't want to solve like school's not getting snow days anymore yes or like oh if you're sick you should just stay home and do like remote learning or remote work instead of resting is like uh okay interesting oh my god seriously yeah Yeah, when I got my second vaccine and I was like kind of bummed that I didn't feel like shit because then I couldn't take time off it was like whoa 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 (laughs) whoa (laughs) what have they done to your brain (laughs) it's uh it's great it's great out here we're thriving yeah, we're just, what are the, what's that song, that Oscar song that I've probably referenced before? Oh, yeah, it's hard out there for a pimp. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is an Oscar winning song. <laughs> Being a woman oh, my God. Kids, what a time. Do you want to read Seriously. Mine? Yes, I will read mine. Let's get all these teachers on the table. <laughs> this is literally, okay. Dear Kate, here's a list of my favorite teachers. That is exactly what this letter is. <laughs> okay. Dear Cade, here's a list of my favorite teachers. One, preschool, Jan. She made us put our jackets on outside because she was cold. She pushed pushed me out of my comfort zone, but she didn't make me talk. It was easy to be myself around her. In hindsight, I think a lot of different types of kids could say the same. Two, second and third grade, Ms. Miller. Likewise, she understood exactly what to say to reach each kid. Unlike Jan, she was loud, hilarious, apparently extroverted. She made dark jokes that were still somehow kid-appropriate, like when we moved into a brand new school building in the country and she accidentally stepped on and killed a mouse. (laughs) Telling us about it later, she said, sorry, Mickey. (laughs) She wasn't the first person to read my writing, but she was the first person I remember who said she liked it. Three, fourth grade in France, Madame Panzani. Oh boy, howdy, I'm seeing a trend. Another teacher who didn't try to make kids fit into a specific mold, which is extra impressive in France, a country where school children across the country pick up the same blue fountain pen to write in the same regimented handwriting every day. Four, sixth and seventh grade, Mrs. Bro, my friend Amelia's mom, our English and writing teacher, the woman who first lit the fiction fire under me. Her class was the first place I ever heard funeral blues, which had the double distinction of being my introduction to W.H. Auden and the first time anything that unambiguously gay had ever come up in a classroom setting. Her class was where I felt empowered to give a book talk on Dickens, our mutual friend, completely unprovoked and without a shred of self-consciousness, complete with a poster board connecting all the characters in a huge yarn ball of coincidence. I'm waxing a little poetic about her because she died this past year and we had fallen out of touch, but I have no doubt she remembered me as fondly as I remembered her, though probably in a different way. She was just that kind of teacher. Five, high school, Ms. Majerus, the English teacher. You know, the one people have if they're lucky. She was in a band. She wore red at her wedding. She got really fired up about Jane Austen, but also about Apocalypse Now. She also taught creative writing and was wildly overqualified in every way, as were most of the teachers at my high school. Again, if you're lucky when you're in high school, you have that one teacher who's your teacher. And Ms. Majerus was that teacher for me. Six, high school, Mr. Stone. Unexpected shout out here. 
there were other teachers I liked better, and there were certainly other classes I liked better, but I think this guy, our biology teacher, is the teacher I mention the most when I talk about exemplary teaching. I was not good at biology, though I was interested. Mr. Stone saw, Mr. Stone saw me as a person, not a grade. In a high school where the teachers were, oh, sorry, in the high school where the teachers we clustered to tended to be the teachers whose classes we excelled in, Mr. Stone was the exception. I think more so than any instructor I've ever met, he was able to separate who we were as people from who we were as students. Seven, college, Professor Dolan. She taught a women in American theater class, and what can I say? She was just really cool. Intellectual, kind, equally motivated by theory and practice, ultimately promoted into the administration because she was just too good at literally everything, but especially people. And then finally, eight, grad school, Jen Schleter, literally the best teacher I've ever had, and I've had some really good ones. Jazzed about playwriting, jazzed about the undergraduate and graduate students in her class, jazzed about collaboration, jazzed about the community, rigorous, curious, energetic. I wrote so many plays for her classes that were basically just me vomiting unprocessed emotions onto the page, and she didn't bat an eye, just helped me make my work and myself better. Love, Jackie. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, I am like, just gotta say... The fact that, like, you're, like, your high school teacher that was, like, your person, her name is, like, Miss Majerus is, like... Yes. She's major. <laughs> she is major. You couldn't she come up is, with a uh, fake name. Like... Right? Real name. <laughs> She's just, like, the greatest. <laughs> um, also, this made me uh, flash back to the handwriting thing in French schools. Why? Right? Why? It has to be really, perfect. like, remarkable. And to this day, like, whenever anyone French sends my mom, like, snail mail correspondence and I see the little handwriting, I'm like, yeah, that's the handwriting. They've been learning it since probably, like, the 20s. It's like... <laughs> if not I'm, longer. But did you have to do, like, the writing exercises in the little book and then the teacher would come and be like, no. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oh my god, yes, absolutely. With like the fountain pen and then did you have okay listeners? You might not be aware of this if you were not a French school child. But there is this magic blue pen that can erase fountain pen and write over it in like ballpoint ink. Oh, did I have this? It sounds familiar. I don't know. You probably did. Maybe. I just remember the little notebooks and the perfect and the like, like little like circles on my handwriting. Like, no, this, this little part of this letter is wrong. It's like, what do you mean it's wrong? It's readable. Like, come on. <laughs> like, totally. Like, it's in cursive. What more do you want? And like, this is like the best my handwriting has ever been. How could it be wrong? <laughs> Calm down, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I love that you named names. Yeah, I thought about, I was like, maybe I won't name names. And then I was like, no, I'm naming names. Partially because I kind of wanted to get at, like, how you start calling someone by their first name and then you end calling someone by their first name. <laughs> Damn. And in the middle, you have this weird period of, like, drawn out formality. Yes. After which, I mean, so Ms. Majerus. She has multiple times been like, you can call me Elizabeth now, like you're an adult. And I'm like, that's really nice, but I can't. <laughs> no, I put like, that too. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's just not your name. 
And like, if she changed her name, I would probably not have as much trouble with it if then I do with this. <laughs> if she was like, miss something else now. Exactly. Exactly. That would be fine. But like, if it's like just a move from a last name to a first name in a teacher that I had, no, 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 no. That's just not her name. One of my favorite teachers um, who I had listed was Miss O'Brien. And then she got married and became Mrs. Bryant. But I tried really hard to convince her to hyphenate them so she could be O'Brien Bryant. She did not go with that. Oh, my God. That would have been so good. What if she did Bryant O'Brien? Both are incredible. That's hysterical. Oh, my God. Wait. So on the topic of, like, the high school teacher, I was thinking about this during your letter because there was another teacher in my high school who I thought was a really good teacher of, like the general subject that this person I'm being really vague I don't know why but I think it's because I respect this person fundamentally but uh I thought they were a really good teacher of like their subject but then there was a sort of like um not extracurricular what's the word like a the bonus class you don't have to take oh I had this question yesterday and I don't I couldn't come (laughs) up with the answer but I know what you mean elective oh my god elective Oh, okay. Thank God. You've really okay. solved a problem in an essay for me. So this is great. Oh, okay. Lord. Yes. Take it and enjoy. But this person also taught an elective and I thought they were a bad teacher of the elective because they oh. played favorites um, in like a really overt way. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was a more sort of like college class style. So I think they thought it was a more informal kind of setting. And I was really bitter about it at the time. And in hindsight, as an adult, I'm like, that person just wasn't your teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, but that person had a skill of kind of like drawing students to them who really needed them, like, and like needed their good advice and stuff. And so as an adult, it's very easy for me to be like, you had someone they had someone (laughs) it's fine (laughs) yeah and like I don't know we all have like those different teachers that we are like that's that person and someone else is like no (laughs) no right it's like no sorry (laughs) yeah I feel like the problem I had in high school well it was like a complicated problem because my high school that I graduated from had a lot of male teachers who did not behave in the ways that they should have um, hmm. but like, was that I didn't understand that the person I thought was like my teacher was not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. know. And it was like, there were other teachers who were great, but I didn't get it. No. Nope. Yeah. Well, cause that was not on you to get. <laughs> no. And it's kind of like, if you like, if you're a kid and you're like, this teacher's great. And then it turns out that they're kind of a creep. It's like. That is really upsetting. I mean, that's like, that's like the like bad teacher thing that like ripples forward in time where it's like, at the time, I would not have thought this person was a bad teacher. Like they didn't ruin the class for me. I had a great time. I learned a lot of stuff. I grew as a person. And then later you're like, what the fuck? Like, what does it all mean? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's weird and sad and bad. Um, Yeah. (laughs) it It struck me with your list and with also like my list that there's a lot of women teachers. So there are. There are <laughs> many. There <women>. are. <laughs> and I think like it's not a it's not a coincidence 
Um, there is an element in my list. At least, why am I opening your letter? <laughs> There's an element in my list where, like, these are most well. Okay, never mind. Because I was about to say these are mostly humanities teachers, but like until middle school, there's no such thing. So, but also like there are more women who teach elementary school. So. I know. I was also kind of wondering, like when I was looking at my list, I was like, oh, like what about these subjects? Like, are they the subjects that I like thought I meant, like was meant to study or was it because I had good teachers? And I saw like both of yours at like the college and grad school level are, are theater people. Yeah. 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 I think like, I don't know. I, there's something about both of them. They're really different, like, in the classroom, but I feel like they share this thing of, like, we're going to take this really seriously, mm-hmm. but we're also, like, very aware of the fact that this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. I also, um, I loved your description. I didn't take a class with Jen, but I love the, that you said jazzed about her because I felt like when I would see her, like when I went to your, um, was that like a table read and talk back? Yes. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that she did. And she was like facilitating the Q and a, and she did just seem like really like jazz and encouraging and like, Jackie's amazing. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Yes. I, the word that she used in class about like, when there's something there, like to discuss, she'd be like, Oh, that's juicy. (laughs) Ooh. And I catch myself saying that sometimes because that is not like in the Jackie Hedeman vocabulary. So I know when I'm saying it that I'm like, oh, yes, I am evoking this teacher. That's funny. I feel like um, knowing her, I can imagine her saying that. Any other person, I'm just like, don't say that. <laughs> no, don't I know. It's like an objectively gross word. <laughs> That's like um, my grad school mentor would say, like, you know, when you're talking about writing and like you could have this really like long conversation about like that basically boils down to should you say more about this topic or should you cut it out entirely yes my grad school mentor would just say delete or delve and that was like (laughs) we got it she's wrapped it up it's over oh man that's a tattoo idea for you (laughs) i know it's it's funny like even now talking to like grad school friends if we're talking about their writing i'll just be like well that's a delete or delve (laughs) where it's yep You could talk for 20 minutes about should it stay or should it go? Or you could just say delete or delve. Delete or delve. Fuck. That's so good. That is so good. Yep. It's, that's pretty incredible. Um, I also really loved in your letter what you wrote about like Mr. Stone, like mm-hmm. where it's like this guy teaching this topic that you don't really care about that much, but like he's such a good teacher. Yeah. And doesn't judge you on like, are you a science person? Yeah. He was very... It's interesting. I think, like, Ms. Majerus, I said, was my teacher, and that is true. I think she and he were also really good at not playing favorites mm-hmm. and, like, maintaining a professional distance from students while at the same time being, like, you can come to me at any point. Like, I'm not judging you for, like, XYZ bullshit reason. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And... He, I mean, like, I, like, never, like, hung out in his classroom, but whenever we ran into each other in the hall, he was like, Jackie! Like, and it was just like, I didn't get that from any of the other science teachers. They were like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Which is like, 
I mean, it's interesting even in high school how teachers will sort of start to like categorize you as like, oh, you're like a science person, a humanities person. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, in high school, you still have to take all these classes. So like, can you right. to everyone? <laughs> right. Oh my God. And I'm remembering now I took his elective. I didn't have to take more biology, but I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> what was his elective? Uh, oh God. What was it? It was like, why are only really like un-PC college class titles coming into my head? Um, it was not, okay, so, <laughs> ableism alert. There was a class at Princeton when my mom was there that was still there when I was there, but they had stopped calling it this, where that was colloquially known as nuts and sluts. Because it was abnormal psychology. <laughs> I'm, I've been rendered speechless. Yeah. That's uh, let's bear in mind, mom was in the second co-educated class. <laughs> it was literally called that in the course catalog? No, 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 no. The students called it that. It was okay. called abnormal psychology. Great. But, which even that is like, okay, sure. Um... <laughs> Uh, I, I think by like the time I was there, students were calling it ab psych. Like, psych, you've got abs. It's funny, the like equivalent of that at Wesleyan was called, uh, I think informally, I don't think formally, uh, physics for future presidents, as in like, you don't actually understand this at all. Oh my god, we had star, I took stars for stoners, which was astrophysics 101 or whatever. Uh, Kevin's equivalent, I think, was like geology, and he refers to it as rocks for jocks. Oh my god, we also had rocks for jocks. <laughs> Why is this a category? I don't know. I really, they're all, I everything except for nuts for sluts, I'm there for. It's genius. But also, why is there no, like... You're not good at uh, analyzing literature. Therefore, this is the class for stupid STEM majors. <laughs> I know. I feel like the the only equivalent was like in our MFA, they would call the like those classes where it was like poetry for non-poets, but they'd refer to it as like baby poetry. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we would get it was like this funny thing where it's like hard to imagine caring that much about it at this moment, but like we were mad there wasn't the equivalent for nonfiction. There was like baby fiction, there was baby poetry, but there wasn't baby nonfiction and anyone could take nonfiction. It's like, why? Yeah, <laughs> why? Right. Delete or delve into why that might be. <laughs> <laughs> Delete or delve into why that might be is my new favorite thing. <laughs> That's like the Lena Jackie <laughs> Notice and focus. <laughs> Notice and oh my god! Yes. I cannot with notice and focus. Oh, uh, listeners, notice and focus. If you never had to take a college rhetoric class within the last ten years or whatever, you're lucky. Nobody ever said to you notice and focus. Oh my god! <laughs> What's what I'm? I think what I'm most irritated about with notice and focus is that it's actually a really succinct way of saying something that like I too have done in classes, but uh, just putting it that way and making it seem so easy makes it seem so boring. 
Yeah, and I think that when you say notice and focus to a room full of 18-year-olds who don't want to be there, they increasingly do not want to be there. Yes. Oh, my God. I think sometimes giving something like a name that goes with the discipline, I don't know, this could just be me, but like sometimes when things have like names and procedures, I tune right out. Oh, yeah. Versus if it's just like, if we're all just like on a voyage of discovery together and nothing is like systematic other than like the systems we're examining, then it's like cool. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's very like classic, like show don't tell, where I feel like if you show a student like a music video and then you're able to break down for them, like what are some like things that don't that you wouldn't necessarily notice yeah, if you were sort of passively watching, but that you can kind of like pull out and discuss, then they get really excited and they're like, wow, I've never thought about how this music video is actually about like systemic racism or something, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you're like, well, we're going to watch a music video and I need you to notice and focus, they're like, I'm going to be focusing on my cell phone under this desk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to notice that you're asking me to do this and I will focus on something else. (laughs) I feel like it was very inevitable that the topic of teachers would lead us to our teaching experience. So yes. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So like what, what is, I won't make you pick the favorite moment, but like, what is a favorite moment you've had teaching? Um, Oh my god, my first answer is like wildly like not a good story to tell on the air. Um, <laughs> oh my god, tell me later. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh. Um, my favorite teaching moment is one time. Have I already told this on this? Tell me. I don't know. So, and I'll think of something else. But um, okay, okay. So when I was first teaching freshman comp, um, which is a very fun class to teach in my opinion. Uh, and it was coming up on Thanksgiving break. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home for Thanksgiving. Like, this was before class started. There were some students filtering in. We're talking about, like, what are you going to do for break? They're telling me. They ask me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home, hang out with my brothers. They're like, how old are your brothers? And I was like, oh, well, one of them is actually, like, around you guys' age. Like, he's, you know, I guess he was, like, 18 or 19 at the time. And they were just stunned by this. They were like, well, what are you going to talk about? Are you going to teach him English? I was like, no, I will not be teaching him English. He's my brother. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. Wait, I was going to tell, like, a heartwarming story, but now I want to tell an absurd story also. (laughs) Which is that that time we went to the Ariana Grande concert and, like, we didn't really have time to change. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, it was her. We didn't really have time to change between teaching and going to the concert. So we just wore our our costume. Well, yeah, (laughs) our concert costumes to teach, except I like I had these jeans with holes at the knee. So I just pulled them up higher so the holes would be invisible and like just kind of sitting above my knee in the little slit. And then. I had this crop top on, so over the crop top, I wore this, like, incredibly bland, just, like, blue zip-up hooded sweatshirt (laughs) and sat there with kind of, like, you know, interesting shoes, but I just, like, sat there and then waited till literally everyone was gone that it was, like, vroom! (laughs) I don't remember what I was wearing, but I do remember I wore, like, a giant sweater over it. 
Yes, yep. like a, basically a beekeeper outfit, and then like shoved it in your our mailboxes to make them go away. Yeah. And then also, like, I mean, I know we're both typically the type of teacher who will like hang out after class. Does anybody have any questions? We want to talk about an assignment, and that day we're both just like, nope, we're gone. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. Gotta go. Five minutes early. Okay, and then it's like thought you were rushing off somewhere it's like no not really i'm like waiting for you in the classroom literally across the hall (laughs) we're on a mission it's like like i'm not rushing off i just need all of you to rush off and leave this building so i can take this sweatshirt off it's like i need none of you to have any questions no questions yeah goodbye forever If you're listening to this, anyone who's in that class, and you think you know the moment, you do. It was that moment. Exactly. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's uh, Teaching is wild. Yeah. It's really... I still... Does this happen to you? I still get nervous like I have never done it before. Before every single time I do it. Yes. Also, um, I don't know if you have this, but there's like... So I've taught, like, six semester-long classes total, and there's mm-hmm. one of them that I always forget and just, like, don't think of. And then, like, I'll have a teaching, like, if you're like, oh, think of teaching times, and I'm like, I'll think of something from that class and just be like, what? Like, what is that memory I'm even trying to access? And then I remember it was a second semester class. It was in a yep. room that had a surprising amount of windows. Like... <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely conflate my two rhetoric and composition semesters. Yeah. Like intensely. Yes. Oh, for sure. Um what a time. What a time. What a time. Um should we do recommendations? Should we teach these people what they should be consuming? Yes, we should. Um this is not one of my official recommendations, but I'm just going to bump yours from last time, the Finding Cleo yes. podcast, because after you recommended it, I listened to the whole thing. And it's- and I'm going to bump Mayor of Easttown for the same reason. Yes. Okay. What is your first actual one? My first actual one is, um, okay, <laughs> I've got some stuff to say about this. It's the podcast You're Wrong About, which so many people have recommended to me. And I was really hesitant to listen to it because of the title. And I was like, I don't want to be told that I can't enjoy things, which is what I thought the podcast was. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is like (laughs) if again, and I say this as a confirmed and avowed listener of My Favorite Murder, but I'm like, this is like if the My Favorite Murder hosts were a little smarter. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, like, something nicer, like, if they did more research, but yes. (laughs) Actually, I think that is what I mean. I think that's what I mean. Like, if they delved in a little deeper and, like, took what they're doing a little more seriously. Um, Because it's still funny, but it's not about funny. It's about, like, facts. I love it. I want Mean Jackie. I like the original take. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's so good. And uh, if you're listening and you've never listened to it um, and you're like overwhelmed by the topics, start with the DC Sniper. Oh, I don't think I've listened to that one. Oh, my God, Cade. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have to listen to that. Also, have you been have you listened to um, what's it called? Maintenance phase? His other podcast. But I just subscribed to it. 
I've listened to like most of those. They're really good. Oh, okay. Great. Um, my first one is also a podcast. This is recommended to me by a friend. Um, it is the Every Single Album series, which is like within Ooh. the Ringer Dish podcast, but it's like sort of a separate podcast that lives on that feed. So it's every single huh. album, and they did a Taylor Swift series, so they do an episode about each of her albums. And I That is cool. Oh, my God. And I feel like, so I listened to the one about Red first to be like, do I like their opinions? Since that's mm-hmm. like, if you don't get Red, you don't get me. So, <laughs> um, and they got Red, so then I went back to the beginning, and I've been listening in order. Uh, very, very good. You that have is- to like Taylor Swift to listen to it, though. Yes. That is so good. Cause like if you, right. It's like, do I trust them? Yes. I trust them. Um, okay. My second recommendation is a book of poetry. It's Obit by Victoria Chang. I feel like it's so good. It's like, if you're listening to this and you're not a poetry reader, it's a very sort of like it's like poetry, poetry, but I think it would be a very unintimidating way to dip in because it's like a single project going through kind of like her parents' decline and death. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really like, it's a lot about grief. It's so good. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I haven't read it yet. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, oddly, my second one, I made this list beforehand, but my second one is a water spritzer or sprayer or mister. <laughs> ideal for summer what was i thinking don't you love it like when one of us goes really hard on the recommendations like we're only talking about systemic childhood sex abuse the other person's like candles (laughs) here is my spritzer so small it says evian on it yes it's like a very bougie little thing it says that it moisturizes refreshes and tones i don't know about all that but it feels nice in the summer so that is honestly who needs anything else. Yep. Um, I'm going to stay dark and go even darker. Uh, my final recommendation is the documentary The Crime of the Century on HBO. This is about uh, the opioid crisis and Purdue Pharma and how they are murderers and drug dealers. <laughs> um, I have an unfortunate follow-up question. Oh, yes. Just more for myself as, like, a viewer in case I'm thinking about watching this. Does it at all address, like, the perspective of, like, disabled people in pain who really need opioids? This is a very good question, and I'm really glad you asked that question. Because um, only very briefly, Mm -hmm. this is, like, an area that I wish they spent more time on. Because I would have watched, like, 10 hours of this. I think it's only, like, four hours long. and. They, like, very briefly mention the pain scale and stuff like that, and I would love it. I think it would make a better documentary if they spent more time explaining why this is complicated, not just, like... And then Johnson & Johnson created, like, this false demand, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> there's an article that maybe... I mean, the article is probably kind of, like, outdated compared to the documentary, but there's an article, I think it's called The Pain Refugees, and it's from Harper's that does sort of address the, like disabled perspective on it in case anyone wants that as a companion piece yes Um, that's such oh good okay good they go well together but yeah i wish it were in the documentary um okay my third recommendation just keeping it we're really on opposite pages today recommendations wise i'm very sorry (laughs) my third recommendation is a large tub of fruit (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> this is my recommendation is if you just want to go to the grocery store and pick up a large tub of fruit <laughs> that I got is strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. It's really nice. Look at this. Becky, what am I? Oh, you can't see it. It's too bright. I made the list I made in advance. Large tub of fruit. What? I'm really glad. So, like, Kate and I each come up with our recs separately, and, like, I also sometimes take them out of order, depending on what the vibe is. So we just really freestyled our way into that, like, matchup at the end. Well, I mean, if you're watching a really sad documentary, I think that you could really pair it with a large tub of fruit. A large tub of fruit! I completely agree! (laughs) It's a really nice summer afternoon. Oh, God. Oh, I love that. Well, (laughs) go forth all and enjoy your summer afternoon with a large tub of fruit. And a sad documentary. Yes. Um, If you want to listen to more of us, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, CastBox, SoundCloud, so in Google Play, anything else. Yeah. Once again, I'm 100% sure you said cast box, but I'm just going to say cast box. I'm, I maybe did. Who knows? Um. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Cold Take Podcast. True. And you can go to our website. Yes. The cold take or visit podcast. our website at thecoldtake.wordpress.com. <laughs> yes. We're uh, all right, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>